Welcome to another episode of the Rural Wellness Podcast, a podcast to support, connect and empower those in rural and remote areas live their healthiest life. Following on from last week's episode and learning all about how to start your year on the right foot, I'm excited to have on Katrina Myers from Barham Avocados, but also the podcast Spreading the Good Stuff. Uh, And I think she's also released her own new podcast recently. And Katrina is an amazing person and she's going to be digging deeper into all things mindset. So I cannot wait to share this episode with you and give you so many tips and tricks to help you have a good mindset for 2021. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Rural Wellness Podcast. I am really excited to have on Katrina. Um, Some of you might know her from Barham Avocados and some of you also might know her from speaking at the Rural Women's Health Forum in 2019 all about um, mindfulness and um, mindset then. And I thought when we were kind of discussing about um, this new mini series, I thought I have to get Katrina on. And very funny, I haven't told you this, Katrina, but the day that I had said to my assistant that um, I wanted to reach out to you, you actually put up a IGTV about how to be productive or um, how to have a good mindset or something like that. And I'm like, it's a sign that I had to get you on. Definitely a sign. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Um, What do you do? Because I know you kind of, I know you're a farmer and I know um, you obviously have um, the avocado business, but I feel that you're branching out into some new exciting things as well. Yes. Yes. Well, yep. So we're got, we've got an avocado farm on the Murray River. So I, I call myself a farmer, although I would say I'm kind of more strategic direction now than actually on the farm, hands on, you know, driving tractors and all that sort of thing. So yeah, very much um, just involved in that more strategic level with the farming business. And then yeah, I'm also a podcaster. So I have another podcast called, uh, I have a podcast called Spreading the Good Stuff that I make with a couple of other girls. And I'm also sort of launching my coaching business, I guess. And I have also created an online course with my good friend, Meg Durham. And we ran that uh, a couple of months ago. Um, it was called Thrive with Megan Katrina. And so I guess the dream of where I'm really heading to is, yeah, creating an online business that's, you know, education and training and coaching for women to empower women to sort of, yeah, become the best version of themselves really is the whole idea. Like sort of the whole concept really is building up that foundation of good wellbeing so that women can show up and speak up and share their voices with the world in, in the way that works for them and and to feel confident to do that. It's something that I'm really passionate about is empowering rural women. So that's where I'm kind of going these days with my, business I guess yeah and I guess though too that you've you've gone through all of this and you've learned how to have this good well-being and um, be mindful and you know have this beautiful practice in your life that now you want to give back and sort of because it's obviously really helped change your life and um, I'm sure the life of your families as well and now you kind of want to give back is that kind of what you're wanting to do 
That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And so much of what you learn, like in the wellbeing, personal development space is that it's usually people who've gone on their own journey and then, you know, you just want to teach other people how to do it. And that's exactly what has happened for me. And I guess it's probably, probably like two years into my wellbeing journey. I was like, Oh, I just want to share what I'm learning. And then it's taken me a long time to, you know, get over the imposter syndrome, get over the self doubt, get over all those things that we all struggle with. And then actually really start to share it even more. And Meg was a really good catalyst for that too, actually. She really gave me that extra push to just, you know, start sharing even more. But that's absolutely it. And I think everything that I've learned and and the more you learn, the more you realise that we're all, you know, it's the human experience. And a lot of what I've experienced is very much a human experience. And so many women struggle with the same things. And I've kind of gone from, you know, feeling down and out to like feeling great about life overall and then you just want that for everybody, you know, you just think, well, gosh, if I've been able to do this, I just want to be able to teach other people how to do the same thing and to show what's possible. So, yeah, that is absolutely the journey that I've been on, Hayley. <laughs> so maybe even if we go back a little bit further and, and how did this journey start for you? Yeah, so, well, there's a few elements to it, I guess. When I was only 15, dad, my dad took his life on our farm. And so there was that that happened that kind of gave me that, sort of, I suppose that's one element to, to, to my interest in mental health and well-being. And then after we'd had our third baby, I sort of had a really, I, I sort of call it a down patch where I just realised that my mental health was not great. Everything was kind of spiralling out of control a bit. Like not on the outside. If you saw me on the outside, you probably would have thought everything was okay. But on the inside, I was really sort of in that like chaotic busy, overwhelmed. I had a really challenging friendship that used to be, you know, I was, I was really comp comparing myself a lot to this person. I was sort of stuck in jealousy and it was all very toxic and just things just felt pretty crap really on the inside. And so I ended up having a friend actually say to me, look, you really need to sort your shit out. Basically <laughs> she said it was pretty blunt, but it was actually, it's funny, isn't it? Like what is it that actually triggers you to want to do something and to change and and so I think it had been coming for a while, but that was really the, the clincher for me. That was like, whoa, okay. It was a slap in the face that I needed, to be honest. And so that was sort of really the turning point for me. And I, I then started to go and get therapy and do all the things. But it was, that, it was that real sort of almost like a rock bottom point. And it was also, I think, starting to see my girls, like especially my eldest girl getting older. And there's that feeling of, look, I want to be a really good role model for her. I want to be a good example for her. And I don't want to be stuck in this sort of feeling, you know, crappy about life. I want to be able to show her how to be a good person in the world. And so that was really, yeah, a big part of the catalyst for me. And also having lost dad to suicide, it was like, well, you know, it just, there's got, I, I was sort of paranoid almost, you know, that I didn't want to go down that same path. I didn't want to end up feeling like I, there was like I was helpless and I was hopeless and I had no hope. So it was that real, yeah, that really, that sort of combination of all those elements that were like, right, okay, I need to take control of this and do something about my own mental health and well-being. And once I started on that journey, it was like, whoa, there is so much you can do. It was amazing. That's so good. Mm. Um, yeah. So I guess why is like mindset so important and what is kind of mind, like what is a good mindset? Well, I mean, to me, mindset is really everything because, you know, it's it, what's the, the saying is, you know, life is 
10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. And that is just so true. And you can see examples of this everywhere. You know, you see super wealthy people, people who seemingly have everything, but they're miserable. They end up taking their lives. Or you can see the poorest of the poor people, like these gorgeous little kids playing on the street who just, you know, happy as Larry because they're just, you know, they've got no sort of other expectations or any of that other stuff around it. And so really the way you look at the world, the way you, your mind is, is everything because you have the ability to react and respond to anything that happens to you. And that's, that's really the fundamentals of being able to have a good life. And if you think about often they talk about in leadership courses and all that sort of stuff, the above and below the line kind of concepts. And, you know, if you're below the line and you're stuck in, they call it BED is the, uh, is the um, acronym. So you blame, um, oh, let's see, can't remember, and then and victimhood, like you sort of get in that really blame, a denial, all those sort of things which are below the line. Then you lose your ability to be able to respond well. You really want to be in that above the line kind of mindset where you're rowing with the oar, which is um, ownership, accountability and responsibility. So you are taking ownership, you're being responsible and you're being accountable for the way you're showing up in the world and how you're seeing the world and all those sorts of things. And, and, and really like it is just, it's just so important to have that mindset, not, not to sort of um, diminish how challenging that is though. You know, like I'm, as much as I fully believe that your mindset is everything, mm. it is actually really hard to have a good mindset all the time, you know, and it's a lot of work to maintain that really positive mindset and it is quite hard but it is everything and I've come to realize that more and more as I go on my journey yeah I yeah I couldn't agree more like we can't obviously we, as much as we would like to have good mindset all of the time you know there's always going to be periods where we're not going to feel at our best but I think it's about knowing how we can start to make steps in the right direction so we aren't spiraling out of control to that poor mindset, poor mental health and all of those other things as well. Um, but can you sort of talk to me about the terminology growth mindset and a fixed mindset and what's all that about? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And just to go to your point there too, though, I would say that, you know, I think sometimes when you're talking about well-being and having being positive and all that kind of stuff, there can be this, this sometimes a little bit misconception that it means you're happy all the time. But actually having a good mindset and having good well-being is actually about being able to feel the full range of emotions and yeah. really feel them, but not let it destroy you. So you will have bad days. You'll have sad days. You'll feel grief. You'll feel all of that stuff, but that's all part of the human experience and it's all okay. And that's, I think that's where you really want to be getting to with your well-being, not thinking that you're going to be happy every single day and feeling great. That's just, you know, not how it works. So it's yeah, just to touch on day. that, but yeah, yeah. so yeah, Yes, absolutely. Feel it. Let yourself feel it and then move through the emotions and then, you know, come back out the other side. So, yeah, I think that's really important. But um, so, yeah, so really fixed mindset versus gross mindset is the, is the whole idea. So if you've got a fixed mindset, it's like you, you believe that however you are, however you're born, that's how you stay, basically, at a, at a very basic level. So, you know, you can say, oh, well, I'm just bad at maths. Or I'm just bad at spelling. I'm just a bad runner. Um, you know, whatever it is for you that you've been taught as a child or you've come to believe, that's, that's where you, you think, well, I can't change. This is how I am. Whereas a growth mindset is understanding that you have the ability to grow 
and to change and to, you know, improve on any aspect of life, really. And I mean, you know, some people go so far as to say that human beings are infinite potential and we can actually achieve anything we want. Um, you know, I guess there is, like, it's funny because I'd love to be a singer, but I have to be very aware that I actually can't sing. You know, it's just something that I have to accept. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not quite sure. I'm mean, sure I could improve a bit, but, you know, but I think in general in life, it's that idea that you can improve and you can grow and you can learn and that you can see any experience that you have in life as a learning experience rather than, you know, going back to what we were saying before, but rather than letting it sort of ruin you, it's like, well, how can I learn from this experience? And, and everything you encounter is looking at it with that mindset of, hmm, okay, well, that was really challenging. What have I learned? How can I grow and how can I move through this? So it's that really seeing things as growing and learning and being able to sort of improve and go, go on rather than, well, this is just how it is and this is how I am and I can't change. Yeah. Um, so are there any tips or are there any steps that we can start with? Like if you're feeling that you are in a negative mindset or that fixed mindset or just been going through a bit of a rough time, like where can we start? Yep. Great question. And I get asked this a lot. And I always say to people, like, number one is just look at the fundamentals. So Meg and I talk a lot about your battery. So just looking at how your battery is and how full your battery is. Now, the battery is made up of sleep, nutrition, movement, rest, and connection. So, you, you know, you just really just that is the first place to start because if you don't have your full battery everything else is so much harder and you know I'm sure that so many of us can say well I'm tired mm, actually I've eaten something crappy lately oh gosh I haven't done any exercise for months um well rest what even is that um, you know so and then that meaningful connection is just having a good laugh with a friend or you know maybe just having a, a lovely eye-to-eye conversation with a child or your partner or whatever so you know, that is absolutely the first place to start um, because our brain, you know, our inner critic and our negative inner voice and that negative self-talk is like a hundred times worse if we're tired, if we're not eating well, if we haven't had any exercise. So foundational stuff, get your battery right to start with yeah. is where I would absolutely start. And then as the next thing on from that, I would say maybe look at meditation um, like that's been amazing for me and I always try to, you know, encourage people to start meditating uh, as the next step. But absolutely to start with is that just foundational stuff of making sure your battery's on check and then you can look at all that other stuff, I think, because it's, yeah, as I said, unless you've got that in, in, in place and you're tired and all that sort of thing, everything is so much harder. Couldn't agree more. Like I could talk to clients about this and bring in out, you know, a, a, I guess from a medical point of view um but you know we could be looking at our adrenals our stress response glands and you know um feeling that adrenal fatigue or adrenal um dysfunction because of that constant ongoing stress that's literally drained your battery mm -hmm. out and you know we've got to get the foundations back right to be able to get results so it's about eating the right foods it's about going to bed early and often the people with this um, adrenal um, 
issues, they will get a second wind because they're just <laughs> like on, 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 on all the time. And they're not like slowing down and going into that period of rest and digest. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, you might put the kids to bed at say eight o'clock and then your energy starts to come back up and then you'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. And then it's 11.30 and they haven't even gone to bed yet. So mm-hmm. getting back into a routine and rhythm um, and trying to break that cycle because it, it turns into a vicious cycle of feeling exhausted, making bad food choices, not sleeping as well as they could, and then they're exhausted again. And it just keeps going around and around and around. So I think like also really important is to reach out and try and get some support on that journey as well, because you have accountability and you are sometimes delegating some of the responsibility to others, if that makes sense. It's a bit of a weird terminology, but I think too, like personally, like if I have something going on with my health, although I'm a naturopath and nutritionist, I'm like, I don't have the brain capacity right now to look after myself because I'm not feeling very well. Delegate it to someone else and they can tell you what to do, which I know sounds a little bit silly, but that's often the first step of just getting some more support in your corner because we can't always do it alone. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've sort of done up a sort of a little guide to where getting started. And, and one of my recommendations is implementing boundaries. And to me, that's part of that because, you know, maybe you're taking on the burden of doing everything in the household, especially as women, which we, you know, we all know we do that. We, we do become more responsible for a lot of the tasks. So it's being able to implement that boundaries and yeah, ask for help and saying to your husband, look, I actually don't want to do all the best duties anymore. I'd really love it if you helped out a bit more in a nice way and having a good conversation about it. But yeah, absolutely. We talked about this on our Spreading the Good Stuff podcast as well, actually, this morning is being able to ask for help and having those boundaries around what you need is also super important because we just can't do it all, can we? I mean, that's the thing. And if you're finding you have to be up to 11.30 at night getting everything done, then yeah, you're behind the eight ball already. That's right. Yes. Yep. Um, I couldn't agree more. It's yeah, that delegating, it's so hard to delegate, but once you start to delegate, it's like, Oh, you can bring that space. And and it's it's all linked with the wellbeing though, isn't it as well? Like you can't, unless you've got that level of, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of which came first, you on the egg a little bit too, because you've got to give yourself space to sort of know what you need as well. And it's actually, if you're feeling really down about yourself and you've got no self-confidence and no self-compassion, you don't feel like you can ask for help. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it can be really tricky, but it all sort of goes hand in hand. And it's just that, you know, small steps and you start building up. And then once you sort of start to give yourself that space to think about what you need, yes. then the asking for help gets easier. Yeah. And you're right. Once you start, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to like dig into now about kind of mindfulness. And I know you've sort of spoken about meditation, about like, you know, it's essential, but I want to talk about what is mindfulness because I think people often think mindfulness is meditation or mindfulness is, you know, doing a a 30 minute meditation or something like that, where I think mindfulness is actually a lot more than meditation. A hundred percent. And so sort of, I guess the way I would describe it is to me, meditation is almost like the key to allowing you to be more mindful and I actually find mindfulness a lot harder than meditation because 
mindfulness is actually that being in the moment wherever you are throughout the day and sort of being able to go to be really present and I think that is actually really hard and so what the meditation does is allows you that space to really sort of become aware of your thoughts and to stop focusing on all your crazy oh well not to stop focusing on them yeah to let the thoughts come and go I guess is what meditation is all about so you sort of you start to sort of slow down those thoughts and, and that's the sort of the practice of becoming aware of your thoughts and how your mind's working. But then the mindfulness is like it's sort of throughout life in every moment, being in the moment and being, you know, oh, look at that, you know, well, this glass of water is delicious or this food I'm eating is wonderful or I'm really enjoying this experience. Like that's the mindfulness piece. And to me, like that is actually, it's actually still really hard for me. And I have to really think about it. and I still only would have like there's even in a day now like there's not that many moments where I feel like I'm really present and I think that's like the ultimate challenge of where you want to get to and, and what mindfulness is all about is being really present in the moment and sort of aware of where you are and that's I don't know do you find that too hard too Hayley like how yeah. do you find that yeah yeah I think being a business owner and being busy and all of those other things that probably and, and being like I think farming as well like you know yeah. you're always kind of on call like I'm never sure when Lockie's gonna ring me to be like can you go and do this or can you go and do that yes. and it's yes. really hard to try and be in the moment um, but I was listening to, I can't remember if it was in the Resilience Project's um, book or it was in their podcast, but um, Hugh described it as what, how he generally tries to practice um, mindfulness is simply walking around the block and actually mm -hmm. listening to the noises and just acknowledging the noises and trying to and eventually you're going to have all those other things come into your head of, um, oh, I've got this to do or I've got that to do. What am I cooking for dinner? But it's actually about letting go of those things and going back to trying to be centre and listening to the, um, you know, the trees rustling or the dog barking yeah. or whatever it is. And I think I that really clicked with me because he spoke about it's not perfect, like, it's actually, you don't have to be mindful all the time, but when you are feeling overwhelmed and have a million things going through on in your head, it's about trying to come back to center. And that made yes. me feel like, oh, I can actually do that. Cause I, I, I'm not very good at like meditation. And I think that, you know, I think we can get into this mindset of, oh, I'm not very good at that. So I won't try it, but, or I won't continue it. Cause I'm just, it's not for me. But it's actually trying it, you know, is okay. Like, and, and getting better at it over time is okay. And we're never oh, going to be yeah, absolutely overnight. But, you know, it's about bringing, coming back to centre when we are feeling overwhelmed. That practice can actually be more beneficial than being like, oh, I'm mindful for this cup of tea I'm drinking. Oh, I'm mindful that the weather's nice today. Like, you know, I don't... Like, I, I don't think the people that listening to this podcast would be feeling that way as well. Like they couldn't possibly be mindful all the time, but it's when mm. you're really overwhelmed and stressed and um, like everything's closing in, it's about coming back to center and just being like, okay, let go of those thoughts or write them down and just taking that moment to breathe and yeah, just think of the bigger picture and the things that you're mindful for. Oh, 100%. And actually, even just the breath, like just, you know, taking 
four deep breaths. That's a mindfulness practice, you know, just to bring you back into the moment. And, you know, the thing about meditation is there, there is no good and bad. Like there is no judgment on a good or bad meditation session, you know, and then, and, and, and sort of, so it, the more that you can practice that the meditation though, what I find is the more likely you are to have, to be able to come back in those moments in your day-to-day life and go, Oh, take a deep breath or, yeah. Oh, okay. This is where I am. And more. Actually, like that's practicing mindfulness exactly like you say it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to feel like everything's wonderful all the time and you're completely blissed out like that's just you know we're the Dalai Lama if we're doing that but it's really yeah like when you start to feel that overwhelmed and all that kind of stuff it's like okay no actually yep I'm centered I'm here and everything's okay and if you're doing the meditation I say that just makes that a little bit easier it makes it easier to all of us to to, to realize that your thoughts have carried off with a negative thought pattern or whatever. And I think that's, well, for me, certainly that was the hard part because I think when you're not aware of your thoughts and your thought patterns and that you even have negative voices or inner self-critic, you, you can spend you can spend months in a really negative, um, you know, thought pattern and you don't even know you're doing it. Yeah. And so then with the meditation, that's what teaches you to become aware of your thoughts so you can catch them a lot quicker. And so instead of drifting off for hours thinking about something really negative, you can go, oh, hang on a minute. Thank you for those thoughts, but I'm going to come back and be centered instead. Yeah. And that to me is actually the goal. It sounds so simple, but it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what, what got you started with this practice? Where did you go first to kind of learn more about this well-being practice? Yeah, so it's sort of like a, you know, I always say too, and well-being is a very personal thing. So what works for some people, you know, but there, it won't work for others. But there is a certain kind of, you know, there's, there's a few things that you can do and try and, and you know, it's, it's actually like there's a whole world of different things. But for me, I started off, I went to see a therapist first and then and she gave me some ideas and tools about what to do. And so then I started meditating. Now, I will say that when you start meditating, like someone told me to meditate and they said, you know, just start with five minutes a day. And I was like, Pfft five minutes are you serious as if I can sit still for five minutes you know like it, it seemed so unrealistic yeah. that I could even find five minutes to sit still at that point it's it's so funny to think that now I can do two 20 minute sessions a day so I get up and I meditate first thing for 20 minutes and then I do another session just before the kids get home at three o'clock and if you had said that to me when I started it's like as if like there's no way so if you've never tried meditating you're thinking how am I going to do this like just start small and know that it will build up so yeah so I started with you know a really simple five minute meditation I think I used the smiling mind up in the beginning and some Deepak Chopra stuff and then I started listening to podcasts as well actually and I cannot remember who taught me about podcasts it's about seven years ago I think now and I you know and then started listening to podcasts and then that becomes it's like a whole thing then like you listen to one podcast and they recommend something else and then you try that and then that says something else and then it was just like this open up this whole world of all this stuff that you can do to look after your mind and to learn about you know self-compassion and all that kind of stuff and it's just and, and then learning in itself becomes part of the well-being journey because that is really good for your mind like learning and connecting with other people and all of that is so good for you so yeah, it just evolved from there, really. But the meditation, certainly. And, and also, I would say exercise. I actually, I'm, I do tend to take exercise a little bit for granted, I think, because it's just such a routine part of my life. But exercise is a really 
foundational piece for me that I just now I exercise every day and really miss, you know, have a day off probably you know, once a week. But that's another really important piece of what I do. And the meditation is the other one that never, I never miss that now. They're the really key pieces. And then, you know, then over the years I've tried a bit of journaling and I do journaling on and off and I do gratitude practice for sure. And um, yeah, all those other little things that, you know, they sort of ebb and flow a bit more, but the meditation, and the exercise always there yeah what um what where do you where should people start with meditation so would you reckon like the smile recommend the smiley mind app or like i know i often recommend like insight timer as another option but like or like i'm sure you mm-hmm. can just youtube or search on google five minute meditations but would you have any um recommendations oh. Yeah, look, I, what I would suggest is that you try a few different ones and see which one you like because the voice, like the voice of the person yes. talking in the guided ones so is so important. I mean, I tried that Andy from Headspace one and his, oh, his accent, just, I mean, Headspace is fantastic. I think his materials are great, but I just, his voice just, I couldn't, it just didn't make me relax. So, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to do a little bit of experimenting, I think. And, you know, I, I always recommend Deepak Chopra because, his voice is just like, you know, it's just so blissed out and awesome. <laughs> so, well, for me it was anyway, I just loved it. So he does some great, you know, those 21 day kind of meditation challenges, which are really good. Insight time is great because it's got, you know, so many options. Um, um, one Giant Mind is another one that's really good to start with. But definitely just go and, you know, there is no one size fits all for that either. It just really depends what resonates with you. If you've only got, if, if you're at that point where you're thinking, gosh, five minutes, smiling mind is a really good one to start with. It does have those nice short ones as well. So, yeah, good trial and error, I think. Yeah. And I think too, like, um, just want to reiterate as well that if you are reaching out to a psychologist or a counsellor or something like that and you haven't connected with someone in the past that has resonated with you, don't just give up. Like, there are amazing people out there that's, oh, that will yeah. feel for you and that will resonate for you so don't just shut off because yeah the person you had a bad experience in the past there's going to be many more good experiences out there oh absolutely and i have seen that with my friends before you're like oh you know you finally get them to go and see someone because you're like you think you should go and, you know and you gently encourage them and everyone has to make their own choice that is that's actually one of the things I've found most challenging on the wellbeing journey is, you know, you can't make anyone go and do something. They've really got to get there by themselves. All you can do is show them love and support and suggest things. But yeah, then you see people go and finally see a psychologist and like, oh, no, it didn't work, didn't, didn't like them, didn't, not, not going back. And you are so right, and that's what I always say to people as well, is, no, it's just, you know, you've just got to try again. Like, that person might not have been right for you, but I mean, it's like anything. And, you know, it, you, it's be miraculous, really, if you did go to the first one and they were wonderful for you because, you know, it's like life. We don't really batch up all the time. So, yeah, definitely don't give up if you don't like the first one that you go to, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, there's so much access to virtual ones and everything these days yeah. too. I mean, that's getting so much better, isn't it? So you've got all that you know, you can try online without having to actually drive anywhere and, you know, waste too much time. So it's really good like that now. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Um, 
Also, so I wanted to, I know I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I would love to know like what is your daily routine because, you know, routines and rituals are really important and like I feel you've, every day would be different, but what are the key things that you always bring in your, into your day so you can be, have that well-being practice overall? Yep, cool. So, yeah, from, from not being able to even five and five minutes to now I've got this like really, like well being's kind of, <laughs> it's like a huge part of my day, I guess. And it, it, really now the, the main thing I do is I get up, try to, any, really between five and 5.30. Five is better. If I get up at five, I just love it even more. It depends what's happening, but usually between five and 5.30 and I have a, you know, a pretty serious morning routine where I meditate, I'm now doing, actually, I've been doing this hypnosis for 10 minutes, which I love. I'm doing this cool course and it's got self-hypnosis, which I'm loving. And then I do some journaling. I do a little bit of reading and, and a bit of gratitude journaling. And then I'll do my exercise um, for sort of half, 30 minutes exercise. And then I'm kind of ready to start the day. And so that would be, that's my sort of, non-negotiable now really is my morning routine just sets me up so well for the day and then um i'm always doing like a couple of at the moment i've got a couple of courses on the go so i sort of like lace them throughout the day in between work just sort of checking in with you know a bit of a one of the sessions in the course or whatever which is sort of keeping my mind in that personal development sort of work and then at three o'clock before the kids get home i'll do my second meditation for 20 minutes um and then, and I guess, you know, <laughs> always have like a cup of tea before bed and try to be in bed by 9.30 at the yeah. latest and make sure I'm getting that, yeah, good, at least seven hours sleep every night. I'd probably like being in bed a little bit earlier, but 9.30 seems to be <laughs> the earliest I can do. And, and yeah, that's really, that, that, that morning routine is really, and I, I didn't get to that really strict morning routine overnight either. It took me a while to get to that level of, again, getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Just, that, that was a build up to that. But now I just, I really love that, that strict morning routine. It's great. That's so good. Um, and we're going to have someone else speak about our morning routines uh, in the series as well, which will be really good to listen to um, as well. Mm. But I thought, I knew you had a good morning routine, so I thought it would be lovely to hear what you do because I feel like, you know, hearing from others and seeing what's possible is just so relatable. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so to wrap up, um, I was wondering where can people find you on social media in case they want to connect with you? And I know you put out lots and lots of cool IGTVs and updates and I just, it's, yeah, it's, you're giving away so much knowledge, which is fantastic. So um, where could people find you? Yep, so my kind of personal Instagram handle is Katrina underscore Myers underscore. Bit of an annoying one. Um, and, yeah, so that and that's where I'm sharing um, on Instagram is most of the stuff that I'm sharing these days and, and yeah, the Instagram videos and everything, as you said, and that's probably the best place to to find me. I'm also going to – spreading the good stuff is actually – well worth a listen as well it's like three yes. leone canon christy O'Brien, and myself we get together and chat about all this stuff as well so that's a really good good place to check out too and we've got a it's um at, spreading the good stuff is our instagram handle for that one as well so yeah check that one out too 
I'll pop them in the show notes as well so people can um, click the link so it's easy to um, get in contact with you guys as well and listen to Spreading the Good Stuff podcast. Um, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to have a chat with me. Um, your knowledge is just outstanding and I'm sure so many people will benefit from it. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, Hayley. It was lovely. I could talk about this stuff all day, I'm sure you've noticed, and I absolutely loved it. And, I'm, yeah, it's a real honour to come and chat with you. And, yeah, I just loved it. So thank you so much. Sorry, thank you. It was fantastic. That's it for another episode of the Rural Wellness Podcast. I hope you all have an amazing week until the next podcast drops. But in the meantime, if you have any health-related goals that you need extra support with in 2021, make sure you reach out. I am currently taking on new patients and can't wait to help the rural community um, smash their health goals for 2021. You can head to www.theruralnaturopath.com forward slash appointments to book your appointment today. We'll catch you on the next podcast.